0: Oh, my people, my people,
1: how often I would have gathered you together like a hen gathers her chicks, but you would not. Eternal peace was within your reach, but you turned it down, and now it's too late. You rejected. Today, I stand at the door of your heart. Anyone who will listen to me and open the door, I will come into you and I will have fellowship with you
0: and you with me.
2: You see that first Palm Sunday, so long ago, Jesus didn't ride, come riding a, to ride a donkey. That was not His purpose. His purpose was not to come for merely the glad hosannas and the waving of palm branches while He rode that donkey down the street of Jerusalem. No, Jesus didn't come to ride a donkey. Jesus came to carry a cross. He came to be our Savior. He came to be our Lord. Your Savior. My Savior. Tragically, His own people, Israel, the Jews, rejected Him at that time. Whether you are a Christ follower this morning or not, the issue of the hour is this. Jesus is still coming today. He still stands at the door of our heart, knocking, calling. And The Scripture says if anyone will hear His voice, He will come into them and have intimacy with them and know them, and they Him. How are you responding to Jesus? What is your response to him this hour the truth you see the truth will be revealed in the amazing story of the three crosses would you pray with me this morning father in the name of jesus we cry come come sweet holy spirit and knock upon hearts doors with this message this morning Lord, I pray that through the drama, through the music, that Lord, You will call us to Your heart, that we may know Jesus, the man on the center cross. We pray this, Lord, in Your name. Amen. Luke chapter 23, verse 32. The Bible says, Two other men both criminals were also led out with him to be executed when they came to the place called the skull or Golgotha. There they crucified him along with the criminals one on his right and one on his left. Jesus said, Father Forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And they divided up his clothes by casting lots. Matthew tells us what kind of criminals these two were. Matthew's Gospel reports in chapter 27, Then there were two what? Thieves. Now we know. What crime they committed. Thieves crucified with Him. One on the right hand and the other on the left. Did you realize that all four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, all four Gospels report on the thieves being crucified on either side of Christ's cross? Why? Why was this event so important, this aspect so very real to the Gospel writers that the Holy Spirit included it in all four Gospels? I'll tell you why. Because there's a story here. There's a revelation here. There's a message here that the Holy Spirit of God does not want us to miss. Though there were three that were crucified that day, Though the three were crucified on the same type of crosses by the same Roman soldiers using the same methods, mark this, though the circumstances were the same, all three outcomes were radically different. The difference was huge between these three crosses and the ones that died upon them. Each cross has a story that leaps across the centuries to you and I. I ask you this morning, what's the story of the first cross? Luke tells us in Luke 23, one of the criminals hanging alongside Jesus cursed Him. Some Messiah you are. Save yourself. Save us. This thief hurled insults at Jesus. He swore at him. He cursed Jesus. Think of it. On the day of this thief's death, when one would think that he would reach out, uh, he would grasp any hope that would come his way, What do we find? This thief is mean-spirited. He's hard-hearted. On top of that, he's profane. Think of the opportunities that God gave these two thieves. No one will ever have the opportunity, think of it, these two thieves had. Most people are birthed and born in what kind of a building? Most people will have a deathbed in what kind of a building? That's right. Not these two thieves. Their deathbed experience was right next to Jesus. Wow! The thief who hurled insults at Jesus Think of what he saw. Think of the opportunity that he had. He saw the Apostle John crying at the foot of that cross. He saw the mother of Jesus, Mary, weeping there in anguish. He heard Jesus praying. Jesus didn't hurl insults at the Roman soldiers. Jesus didn't uh, curse them. No, this thief heard Jesus say, Father... Forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. But this thief refused to let all those things touch his heart. He had hardened his heart to such an extent, as some do today, that he would let nothing, nothing soften him, nothing penetrate his spirit. He wouldn't reach out to the love of Jesus. Imagine the opportunity that God had given him. His only hope, his only Savior, Jesus, right there at his deathbed. And what did this thief do? The Bible lets us know that this thief, this thief resisted God's grace. This thief rejected the love of God in Christ Jesus. He rebelled against God's greatest opportunity positioned in his life on that day, that hour. Just as some still do it today. Have you ever rebelled? I remember when I was 12 years old growing up in Holland, Michigan. I'd had it up to here with my parents, so I thought. I stuck out my bony chest one day and I said, No more of your rules. I've had it up to here with all of your 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 restrictions on my freedom. I'm out of here. I'm leaving the house. I'm moving away. And I was expecting mom and dad to get down on their knees and wring their hands and cry, Oh, Philip, we don't want to lose you. Dad looked at me and said, Okay, we'll help you pack your bags. I thought something's wrong here. Rebellion. Oh, it takes many forms. You can rebel against your parents and lose your home. You can rebel against your marriage vows and lose real love. You can rebel against uh, your body and lose your health. But when you rebel against God, think of it. When you reject His greatest opportunity, Jesus, You've lost your only Savior. You've lost your eternal soul. Oh, the other cross. What's the story of the other cross? Luke tells us in Luke 23, but the other criminal protested, Don't you even fear God, this thief said. Don't you fear God when you're dying? We deserve to die for our evil deeds. But this man hasn't done one thing wrong. Then this thief turned to Jesus and said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Remember me when you come into your kingdom. Think of it. When Jesus died, the last person who spoke a kind word to Jesus, was a thief. I don't know what turned the corner for this thief. Maybe it was when he saw Jesus being whipped and the blood coursed down his body. Maybe it was when they planted that crown of thorns upon the head of Jesus and jammed it upon his scalp and the blood flowed down his face. Maybe it was when he saw Jesus open up his hands to receive the nails, and again the blood flowed. And instead of hearing Jesus curse the soldiers, what did he hear? Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. I don't know what it was that turned the corner, that changed this thief's perspective, his heart, But I do know this, he cried out to Jesus in repentance. He responded to the love and the grace of God in Jesus. Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And what did Jesus say? Jesus said, today. Now mark that word well. There's some religions, some Christian religions that teach that you're going to sleep in the grave for thousands of years before you come awake in eternity. Jesus said, "Today you will be with me in paradise." Oh, that gives us. That gives us great hope. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. For this next cross is the cross of repentance. Hallelujah. And I get excited about the story of this cross. Real repentance, you see, recognizes that we're sinners in need of a Savior. We can't save ourselves. Sir, ma'am, you can't pull yourself up by your own bootstraps. I don't care how good you will ever be. You're never good enough to measure up to God's expectations. We're sinners. By our very nature and by our behavior. We're sinners, and we need a Savior. You don't hear that preached from pulpits today too much. But I'm committed to preach you the full Gospel. The Gospel says we're sinners, but He's given us a Savior. Hallelujah! Just think, the first to experience the grace of God through Jesus was who? Not a preacher. Not a pastor. Not a priest. Who was the first one to receive grace from God? Tell me. A thief. A thief. I don't know about you, but that gives me hope. Because I know what a sinner Phil Christ is. That gives me hope if a thief could be the first one to receive the grace of God through Jesus, that means that any of us can be saved. That means that there's hope for all of us. I say it again as I've said so often, there's no pit of sin that is so deep that His love is not deeper still. I don't care what you've done. I don't care what you've committed. Go ahead, name me the worst sin that you've ever committed. And I declare to you upon the authority of God's holy word that His grace is greater than all of your sins. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So there you have it. Both thieves led sinful lives. Both thieves were criminals. Both thieves were crucified. And both Thieves had the same opportunities as people are having the same opportunity here this morning. Jesus reaching out to them. Jesus knocking upon their heart's door. The same circumstances, the same opportunities, but such different outcomes. One rebelled and one repented. Just imagine the opportunities that these two had. Imagine the opportunities that you and I have today. Think of what the Lord has given us. God has given us His church. Think about that. Most people in America are in reach. Of a church. There's a church in America practically on every street corner. Every church with a cross on the building reminds you that there's a Savior. That God loves you. Jesus said, upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Opportunities. God has given the opportunity to you of His Word the Bible and preaching as I'm doing right now this is another great opportunity of God's divine grace reaching out to you Bibles are everywhere in America preaching is everywhere in America on the internet radio TV the Bible is God's plan his rescue plan called Jesus God gives us the witness of Christian friends. How many How many people are here this morning or you know Jesus because of a family member or a friend that witnessed to you, that led you to Jesus, that brought you to church? How many? Most are here today because of a family member or a friend that reached out to you with Jesus. Think about that. Prayer. Prayer is another opportunity of God's grace. Think, just think this. If you choose to go to hell, you'll have to trample over every prayer of every loved one that has ever cared about you. It takes takes a lot, a lot of doing to trample over the grace, the power of those prayers, to rebel against them. And yes, there are those, you might say to me, that never heard the gospel. They've never had a Bible. That they, that they have never heard of the good news of a Jesus, a Savior. That's why God has planted in every human being a voice called conscience. Conscience. You've heard the saying, let your conscience be your guide. I say to you, if you'll let your conscience be your guide, you won't go wrong. It'll lead you to Jesus. It really will. Another opportunity of grace that God gives us, and many don't realize this, are the signs of the times. Prophetic fulfillment if you would only realize how many Bible prophecies are being fulfilled in our generation, in our lifetime, like no other generation since Jesus Christ. What am I talking about? Do you realize that a prophecy could very well be fulfilled this Tuesday at 3 o'clock in the morning? Do you realize that if you wake up in the middle of the night at 3 o'clock Tuesday morning, you will have the opportunity, very probably, to see a prophetic fulfillment in the skies. What is pastor talking about? Do you realize that the greatest events of salvation history have taken place on Jewish holidays or Jewish holy days? Jesus was crucified on the cross. On what festival? What Jewish holy day? Passover. Jesus was buried in the tomb on what Jewish holy day? The Feast of Unleavened Bread. Jesus burst forth from the tomb. Resurrected on what Jewish festival? The Feast of First Fruits. God then sent His Holy Spirit 50 days later. And He birthed the church on what day? What day did He choose? The day of Pentecost, the Feast of Pentecost. In fact, if you'll study the Bible, you'll recognize that 40 of the most significant events in salvation history took place exactly on Jewish holidays, feasts, festivals ordained by God. Did you realize that four lunar eclipses and two solar eclipses are about to occur in the sabbatical years of 2014 and 2015? Now you might scoff, you might laugh, you might mock, but do you realize that all of these lunar eclipses and these solar eclipses take place on Jewish holy days the four lunar eclipses will occur on Passover this Tuesday April fifteenth, 3 o'clock in the morning the Feast of Tabernacles lunar eclipse October the 8th of this year 2014 Passover next year April the 4th 2015 the Feast of Tabernacles September the 28th, 2015. This is such a rare, rare occurrence. It will not occur again for hundreds upon hundreds of years. Yet this rare astronomical event has taken place recently in the past. Guess what precise dates this astronomical event has taken place on? May the 15th, 1948, when Israel became a nation for the first time again. And on June the 7th, 1967, when Israel recaptured Jerusalem for the first time in 2,500 years. Those are the four blood moons. How about the two solar eclipses? The two solar eclipses will occur on the anniversary of the exodus. It'll occur on March the 20th, 2015. The second solar eclipse will take place on the Feast of Trumpets, September the 13th, 2015. There are many Bible prophecy teachers that believe the rapture will take place at the Feast of Trumpets or Rosh Hashanah. You say, Pastor, where do you find this in the Bible? Oh, there's mention many places in God's word regarding it. Acts chapter 2, verse 19. Peter, on the day of Pentecost, he preached Joel's prophecy I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. Am I date setting? No. Am I saying for certainty that something prophetic will happen at these points in time? No. But I am saying they bear watching. They bear watching. Jesus said, when you see these things begin to come to pass, lift up your head <laughs> for your redemption, drawth nigh. Opportunities. God is giving our world opportunities to get right with Him. God also uses the reality of death for us to reach out to Him. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27. "For once it's appointed on demand to die, and then the judgment. Every time you pass by a cemetery, every time you go to a funeral, every time you see a tombstone, it's God's reminder that life is short and eternity is for ever and ever and ever and ever but the greatest opportunity of all what's the greatest opportunity of all that God has given us it's the center cross we're really no different than those two thieves in fact, I can tell you as a pastor, and I deal with people every week, I can tell you there's, there's a thief in all of us. We're all criminals before God's high court. We're all guilty. The Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of God's expectations. We're all guilty of disobeying God's law at one time or another. Maybe we haven't stolen money like the thieves. But how many of us have stolen other people's joy? At one time or another. So, like the thieves on the cross, we owe a debt. Not to man. We owe a debt to God. They paid their debt to society with their deaths. We can't pay our debt. What's the debt of sin? What's the debt of sin? Death. The Bible says, for the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. You see, our only hope Uh, is He who hung upon the center cross. This cross is not only the highest. This cross is not only the holiest. This cross is the heaviest. Why do I say heavy? Because God dumped all the debt of the world's sins upon that cross. He dumped the debt of your sins and my sins upon that tree. And then the Bible says, Jesus paid the debt in total. He paid it all. I might be speaking to some soul here this morning, and you were brought up with a religion that taught you that Jesus didn't pay the price for all of our sins. That you have to do good works. You have to do good deeds. You have to do good things. I agree with you. Christians should do good works. We should do good things. We should bear good fruit. But your good works cannot save your soul. It can't pay for your sins. Jesus paid it all. He paid it all on the cross. The greatest, the greatest cry from this cross. The greatest cry from this cross was not a cry of pain. The greatest cry from this cross, think of it, was not the agony of defeat. The greatest cry from this cross was it is finished. In the Greek that's literally paid in full. I'll never forget when my kid's college sent me a statement and stamped on that statement was paid in full. I shouted hallelujah. Christian, Christian, your sins have been paid in full. You've been redeemed. You've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, by the shed blood of Jesus Christ. That's why Peter the Apostle could say so clearly, Peter the Apostle said in 1 Peter 1.18, It was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed, but with the precious blood of Jesus Christ he paid a debt he did not owe we owed a debt that we could not pay you needed I needed someone to take our sins away I'm glad to announce to you today that someone is Jesus and he's here this morning And He's knocking upon your heart's door. He's got His arms wrapped round about you. How will you respond to Him? Oh, don't rebel against Him like that thief did. What will be your response to the cross of your Redeemer? His cross is the pinnacle of God's Redemption story, think of it, the cross is the pinnacle, it's the apex, the center of the whole Bible, from Genesis to Revelation, the cross.
0: Before the beginning of time, there was a war in the heavens.
1: You said in your heart, I will ascend to heaven, I will make myself like the Most High. Oh, how you have fallen
0: from heaven, O oh Morning Star! You have been cast down to the earth. it.
2: So vivid one part of me knew I was still Phil Christ the pastor yet another very real part of me was transported back through the centuries back to a terrible place a terrible time a place of suffering a place of death You see, in my dream, a very real part of me was hanging, hanging on a cross, being crucified I was the thief. I was the thief on the cross. Dying next to the greatest cross of all. Then, in a dazzling swirl of time and space, I was thrust forward into eternity. But not to streets of gold, but to an awesome, White throne, lightning shot out from it, and peals of thunder. There I saw the angels, powerful angels in white dazzling robes, worshiping he who sat upon the throne. It was as the sound of many rushing waters. I heard them crying. Holy, holy, holy as they lifted their hands and worshiped He who sat upon the throne. Their hands lifted up, worshiping He who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And then I heard a voice, a voice like no other,
1: I am the Lord thy God. I am that I am. I am the Lord thy God, and I change not. I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. Who
2: is this? God, the Creator, and today He's Judge. You see, this is the High Court of Heaven, and the books were opened. And another book was opened. You see, I was experiencing Judgment Day, the High Court of Heaven. And then I witnessed one long procession of souls. Before me, they stood in a vast line awaiting their turn for judgment. Every grave has been emptied, every soul will be there from every time, from every place and I'm terrified at the final verdict for these unrighteous. They will be cast into the lake of fire forever and ever and ever and ever. Yes, this is judgment day and the books are open. But now my dream took another strange turn. Not only did I see this vast line of souls waiting judgment at the high court of heaven but I'm in that line I'm last in line me Phil Christ pastor Christ the preacher the pastor but also My dark side, my sinful nature is there. The thief on the cross. But the problem is this, the problem is this. I don't know what thief I am. I don't know if I'm the repentant thief. I don't know if I'm the rebellious thief. As I stand there in this line that is moving moment by moment, and it will be my turn. I see three great books up there at the court of heaven. Let me explain to you what these books are, the identity of these books. But I just don't understand I, I, I shouldn't be here this this is this shouldn't be happening I shouldn't be in this line oh yes the books the first book is the book of God's law God's law his, his written will his written commandments for every soul throughout all time let me tell you something Even though the commandments of God, His Ten Commandments, have been ripped from the walls of our courtrooms. Even though God has been banished and expelled from our schoolyards and His commandments taken off of our public school walls, His commandments will be there on that day. And every soul will be judged by those commandments. God's commandments Oh, I hope you know them God's commandments are you shall have no other gods before me you shall not make an idol to worship you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain remember the Sabbath day the Lord's day and keep it holy honor thy father and thy mother You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. You shall not covet. These souls, these souls that stand here before God's judgment hall, they will be judged Not by hearsay, they will be judged. Not by subjectivity or emotion, they will be judged according to God's commandments. Anyone, anyone who does not perfectly follow God's commandments all their life will be found guilty and condemned before God's high court of heaven. The Bible says in Galatians 3.10, is everyone who does not continue to do everything written in the book of the law. But again, I, I, I don't understand it. I shouldn't be in this line. Me, Phil Christ, Pastor Christ, I shouldn't be here. The next book that I must explain to you The next book is the book of works. The book of works. God's book of works contains every thought that you've ever had. It it contains your motives. It contains every word that you've ever spoken. God's book of works contains everything that you've ever done. There is no supercomputer on the planet that can equal the database that God keeps on you and I and everyone that has lived. He remembers everything and forgets nothing. Nothing escapes His notice. You might say, well, I sinned. I sinned in secret. Ah, but what does the Bible say? The Bible says, for God will bring every deed into judgment, including every hidden thing, whether it is good or evil. Listen, you can fool your parents, you can fool your spouse, you can fool others, you can fool even a pastor, but you can't fool God. Nothing is hidden from his gaze. These who are standing in this line, anyone standing in this line, will be judged according to that book that is opened on that day, the book of works. The last and greatest book, the center book, the last and greatest book is the book of life. The Bible shares its identity. Revelation 20 verse 12, another book was opened, which is the book of life. This book contains the names of the righteous. This book contains the names of those who have perfectly fulfilled God's law in their lives. They perfectly have kept the Ten Commandments. This book contains the names of everyone whose deeds, whose thoughts, uh, whose words have been found perfect by God. You say, well, pastor, listen, everyone has sinned. Oh, I know that. I know that. But you see, these names are written in red. These names are covered by the blood of Jesus. Jesus who perfectly kept the commandments. Jesus whose word and work was always perfect. They're covered by Jesus. That's why I just don't understand. Why am I here? I should not be in this line. The book of life. And the Bible reveals what will happen to these who have not obeyed God's law, whose works have not been perfect. The Bible reveals, I shudder at the thought. I shudder at the, the eternal sentence that will be handed out from the high court of heaven. The Bible reveals if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire oh god oh god
3: oh god no no no
2: no i shouldn't be here i should not be here God, no!
3: Have mercy, God, no! No! Oh, no!
1: Philip Christ. Philip Christ. Philip Christ.
2: Yes, God!
1: Philip Christ, you have been called before the court of heaven. I am your creator and your God. And this day I am your judge.
2: Oh, God! Open
1: the book of the law. Philip, did you always obey my law? Did you always follow my commands for your life? Did you always love me with all your heart and with all your soul? and with all your mind, and with all your strength? Did you always love your neighbor as yourself? Answer me, Philip Christ.
2: God, I tried. I really tried, but I didn't always obey you. There was a thief part of me. I didn't always obey you fully.
1: Then Philip Christ Since you did not measure up to all my expectations for your life, since you did not meet all the requirements of my law, Philip Christ, you stand condemned by the book of the law.
2: Oh, God.
1: What say you to this charge?
2: But God, I was a pastor. There was a part of me I was a pastor. I was a preacher. I preached the gospel. People were saved through my preaching. I pastored a great church. I impacted so many lives for you. Oh, God, have mercy on me.
1: Open the book of works. Yes, indeed, Philip. You have done good yeah. deeds. Yes, yes. But, Philip, you were created to be as holy as I am holy. And your goodness, Philip, your righteousness is as filthy rags compared to oh, me. God. No. I also know, Philip, but you also committed sinful deeds while in the flesh, works that were contrary to my will.
3: Oh, God, no!
1: Oh, Philip, I created you for fellowship with me throughout all eternity.
3: Mercy! I have longed for
1: you to enjoy the glories of my house into everlasting and everlasting.
2: No, no! I wanted
1: to be your father.
2: No, God! I wanted
1: you to be my son.
2: I want another chance!
1: But the book of works proves you are guilty. You stand condemned by your own
3: deeds. No! No, God! No! No, God! I preached! I was a pastor! No! 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 No!
2: No! I was a pastor! I preached the gospel! I helped people! I know that man, he's the man from the center cross! It's Jesus! It's Jesus! Oh Jesus, save me! Save me! Save me!
1: Open my book of life. His name is written there. Father, I have already paid the price for Philip with my own blood, Father, Thank you, Jesus. Father, he's one of mine. Father, he's one of mine.
2: Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I'm saved. I'm saved. I'm saved not by my works but by you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 I'm going to heaven. <laughs> I'm going to heaven. I'm going to heaven. only
4: imagine what it will be like when i walk by your side oh, yes. i can only imagine the pearly gates what my eyes have seen
2: the streets of gold and your
4: face
2: my parents are Even here
4: for me surrounded by your glory one will my Christ. heart feel, will I dance oh, for you, for you God, Jesus? Jesus? Or in thank all you of you God. be still, will I stand in you your Lord, press? Or To my knees thank will God. I bow, will I sing hallelujah? Will I be able to speak at all? I can only imagine. I can only imagine.
3: I'm going to heaven!
4: Can the imagine. Surrounded by your glory, what will my heart feel? Will I dance for you, Jesus? Or in all of you, be still? Will I stand in your presence? Or to my knees will I fall? Will I be able to speak at all? I can only imagine. Yeah.
2: given a glimpse, I have been given a glimpse, once again, as your word declares that no good thing dwells within me. That Lord, we have all been given opportunities of grace. Lord, you've paid it all on the cross, 100% we will not fully imagine what you did for us at that cross until we arrive in heaven on that day. But all you ask today is that we would respond. And Lord, I pray right now in the name of Jesus, Spirit of God, come, 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 and knock upon heart's doors. Call us to Jesus. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Jesus desperately loves you. He's done everything that He could. He's given His life. He's shed His blood for you on the cross. What will you do with the opportunity our Lord has given you, what will you do with the grace of God and Jesus? I remind you as this illustrated message has reminded you again this morning, heaven is real, hell is real, and eternity is just a breath away. I'm going to count to three And I'm believing that when I come to the number three, that there will be many like the repentant thief who will raise their hands and say, I, I choose Jesus. I want Jesus to wash me of my sins. I want Jesus to give me a home in heaven. I choose to believe in Jesus. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. I'm going to count to three. The raising of your hand as heads are bowed and eyes are closed, when you raise your hand, that will be a sign of your faith. And it will go down in God's record book in heaven. Are you ready? Number one, you don't need to raise your hand if you already know that you know that you know you're born again you're a Christ follower you've asked Jesus into your heart you're following him you're walking with him so I ask you to pray with me right now pray as you've never prayed before I need every Christian praying in here there's a tug-of-war going on I've watched people even already leave the room that I know that are in rebellion against God pray pray number two if you are here today and you think that this has been one big joke, if you want to go on the record as saying that this is nothing but fiction, fantasy, drama, and there's no truth to it, if you want to go on record in God's record book that you reject the center cross, you reject God's plan of salvation in Jesus, then you might as well keep your hand down. But. But this morning, if you want to choose Jesus, if you want to know that you have a home in heaven, if you want to know that your sins are cleansed and washed away, number three, lift up your hand right now. Lift up your hand right now. Yes, yes, keep lifting them up. God bless you. 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 Five hands lifted for Jesus. Six hands. Seven hands. Eight hands. Nine hands. Ten. Eleven. Twelve. Thirteen. Fourteen. Fifteen. Sixteen. Hands. Seventeen hands lifted up for Jesus. I'm looking up in the balcony. Eighteen hands lifted for Jesus. How many more? Lifted up high. Lift it up high. Nineteen hands lifted for Jesus. I want Jesus. I choose Jesus. How many more this morning? Your hands symbolizes; it represents. You choose Jesus to be your Savior. Hallelujah! Twenty hands lifted for Jesus. God bless you. Amen. Twenty-one hands. God bless you. How many more? How many more? How many more? Twenty-two hands. Twenty-three hands. Twenty-four hands. God bless you. 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 Amen. Amen. 25 hands. God bless you, precious Jesus. Let's pray. Let's pray. Keep those hands up. Let's pray. Amen. I want you to repeat the prayer that I'm about to pray. I want everyone to repeat this prayer after me, but especially those that have their hands lifted up. Make this prayer your prayer. Are you ready? Dear Jesus, I come to you right now with no excuses. I am a sinner, but Jesus, you are my Savior. I believe you paid the price for my sins at the cross. I believe that you rose from the dead with resurrection life. I want that life, Jesus, a new life, a changed life. Thank you, Jesus, for hearing me, for cleansing me, for changing me. I thank you, Jesus, that I have a home in heaven. Thank you, Jesus. I am saved. In the name of Jesus, I pray this. Amen. You may put those hands down. Hallelujah. Let's give the glory to God this morning. I counted 25, 25 that made a decision. That made a decision. Did you hear me? I counted 25 people that made a decision for Jesus Christ. But that's the point. Jesus did not come to this world. He didn't die on the cross just for decisions. Jesus didn't come for converts, Jesus came for disciples. Disciples are real men, real women that are willing to stand up and be counted for Jesus. They're not wimps. You see, being a Christian is serious business. Being a Christian means that perhaps you won't be able to hang out with the people that you used to hang out with. Being a Christian means you need to start quitting your habits now. And He'll help you. Being a Christian means that I'm going to live according to His Word. I'm going to be a part of His church. I'm not talking about church membership. I'm meaning about being a part of His kingdom, the kingdom of God. I'm talking about being a Christian, a Christ follower. I want to give a second invitation this morning. Pastors, elders, you are ready. This has nothing to do with church membership. This has everything to do with being a follower of Jesus Christ and making Him the Lord of your life. This morning, right now, if you're done with playing around with the things of God, this morning, right now, if you mean serious business with Jesus, I'm going to give a second invitation before our heads were bowed, eyes were closed. This time, eyes are wide open. Heads are up. Is it about time that you stand up and be counted for Jesus? Is not it about time that you stop worrying about what people think and what God thinks? Start worrying about what God thinks and watch what the Lord will do in your life. Jesus said, these are not my words. If anyone will confess me before people on earth I will confess them before my father which is in heaven but if anyone's ashamed of me before people I will deny them before my father which is in heaven what am I getting at if you lifted up your hand if you prayed that prayer with me this morning would you now stand up and be counted as a Christ follower it usually takes one person to start this yes 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 beautiful beautiful would you come down here and join me right now come down here and join me i want to meet and greet you don't be afraid don't be afraid amen everybody stand up now and welcome them down here encourage them to come down here elders pastors deacons help me prayer partners help me amen amen bring them down bring them down encourage them encourage them everybody bring them down I'll walk down there with you. You won't have to walk alone. Up on the balcony, here on the main floor. Amen. You can walk down the stairway. Praise the Lord. Keep encouraging them, congregation. This is a big step. This is a big step. If you're a mother, if you're a father, if you're a brother, a sister, a husband, wife, and your loved one is down here, come and stand with your loved one right now. Come and stand with your loved one. If you have a friend down here, come and stand with your friend down here. I don't want these people to be alone. Amen. Praise the Lord. Keep rejoicing. Good news. Good news. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Where's Helen? Where's Helen? Helen. See Helen right here? Everybody up front? She did the same thing last week Sunday. She did the same thing. You you know what she told me? She told me last week Sunday out the door. She said, I found a new church and I have found a new pastor. I'm born again. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Would you turn around and face me right now? Turn around and face me right now. I am so very, very proud of you. You have made the greatest decision of all time. And think of it, all eternity. And how long is eternity? Forever. (laughs) Long time. Life is short. Eternity forever. Sad to say, in so many of our churches today, people make decisions but they don't follow through. Nobody wants to go to hell. Everybody wants to go to heaven and get eternal life insurance. But then they quit following Jesus. I've called you down here to the front not to embarrass you at all. I want you to know that all of us have come this way, one time or another, all of us. When Jesus called people to follow him, he always called them publicly, publicly. You've invited Jesus into your heart today. We prayed with you. You believed what you prayed. But you need a big brother, a big sister, now to help you grow in God. Understand the Bible. Learn how to pray. The Bible is God's love letter. I don't know about you, I always opened up my love letters from my wife. And prayer is talking to the lover of your soul, like on the telephone. To grow and be strong so you don't fall down in the faith. This is where the church comes in. If you have a church home, and they preach and teach the whole Bible. Stay there, get plugged in. Tell your pastor what you've done today. If you don't have a church home, we would love to be your church. I would love to be your pastor. It'd be my greatest honor. We're gonna pray over you one last time this morning. It'll also be my benediction. Behind you are deacons, pastors, elders, prayer partners of the church, they're going to meet you and greet you. And we have a special gift for you. We call it a starter's kit. It'll get you off on the right start, tell you how to read the Bible, how to pray, and the importance of coming to church. Will I see you on Easter Sunday? I'd like to see you back. Keep coming. That's where the strength comes in walking with God. Father, I now stretch my hand, as this congregation stretches a hand of blessing towards these precious ones here at the altar. I speak, O oh God, blessing upon them. I speak the protection of the Lord upon them. Lord, we know that the enemy of their soul is mad. But Lord, because he is mad, we are glad. And Lord, we know that even tomorrow, maybe even right after this service, He's going to start attacking them and trying to tell them that what they did was not real. And I pray, Lord Jesus, that You will strengthen them in the faith. Help us, O God, to train, to teach, to counsel them, and to pray for them. Now, God, I thank You for the Word that was given today from Your Holy Word I pray a happy Palm Sunday on every home in this church. And may the grace of the Father and the love of the Son Christ Jesus and the sweet communion of the Holy Spirit be upon one and all in the name of Jesus. And everyone would say, Amen and Amen. God bless you as you go in God.